Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. So on today's episode, ladies, we have Julia Barbaro. We get into all things from homeschooling six kids to building a portfolio of over $250 million to working with your spouse and developing a deep relationship too with your spouse. So I think you're going to get a lot from today's episode about how she's navigated all of that. Yeah, it's not always sunshine, right? Julia has shared the secrets that she navigated throughout her marriage and her role, her position as a mom and a position as, as a business owner as well and how that evolved and how their relationship evolved. They're most important how she makes deposits into the relationship and put her husband first and her husband puts herself her, her first and i think that that's that's a very interesting approach that she shares generally shares her story with us and you're going to get a lot out of this before we get into julia's story let's hear a word from our sponsors the dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation homeowning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED lights, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz and this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Invest Her Show where our mission, our passion, what keeps us fueled is to empower women to live a financially free and balanced life. Day in and day out, right, Andressa? Yeah. Excited to have everyone back here. Julia, thank you so much for being on our show. Excited to jump into your story and building a portfolio, homeschooling, multiple children. So excited to jump into you know your story here in a moment. So thanks for being here. Liz, Andressa, thank you so much for having me. Super excited. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we always like to get connected to all of you, amazing women, and we know men listen to our show, so thank you for being on this journey with us. I have a uh, quick story here about my son, which is, I feel like children make such such great material for our podcast. But anyway, I uh, my son, so right around the time of recording is uh, Valentine's Day, the time of Valentine's Day, and my son had been keeping from me that he has a, his first crush. No, a girl. It's cool. I know, right? I'm just a, I haven't told you this. So it was cute, right? Because he's been talking to my husband a little more about it and just didn't bring me into the loop. Hell, was nerve. Well, he kept you out. I know, kept me out of the whole, I was like, what? So it was like two days ago and he was like, I want to do something on Valentine's Day. So they were preparing a Valentine's for every child because that's part of the game, you know, not the game. It's part of the game plan for, for schools, which is makes complete sense. And I, and I said, I said, I didn't know you had a crush. He goes, I do. You know, she's really funny and she's telling me, he's telling me all about her. And he's like, sometimes I see her looking at me too. It's so cute, right? He's nine years old. So I said, what are you going to do, buddy? Are you going to do something? He's like, I don't know. And I, I saw that as an opportunity to encourage him to be a little bold and have courage. And I said, you know, maybe you could just break something on the Valentine you give her, you know, something subtle and just say, what am I going to say? You know, so we talked about that for like an hour. He finally said something like, I'm grateful. I think I'm grateful to be in class with you. Something kind of, you know, keeping it simple. And he's like, let me, what do you think if I added some hearts? 
Do you think that's clear that, you know, I have a crush on her? I said, I think you should go for it. He's like, I don't know if I, sh- I should do that. Like, I was like, you know, it's sad. Life's short. And if you want to write, you know, draw hearts on there and, you know, and be a little bolder, because that was bold for him to draw hearts on this one particular, you know, that time. Doesn't sound like it is in general. So he's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So he did it, comes home. And of course, I'm like waiting, anticipating what happened, you know? And he said, you know, I gave it to her. I handed it to her because I wanted to make sure she got it and no one else got it. So that makes sense, you know, with the hearts. And um, and he just smiled and and he's like, I was going to say something else, but I think that's a good first step. I said, you know what, buddy? That was great. You took a step and it was a courageous step. And, you know, what that looks like moving forward is something we can unfold together. But I really wanted to honor that. What are your authority? Yeah, that was your authority. And that's like, yeah, he's talking about her for a long time. I'm like, yeah, so now I'm like annoyed by that. But I, I just want to share that as a quick tip of like taking a step. It's it's overwhelming. I mean, you think about telling a little, you know, kind of a little writing hearts on a card is like, is that a big deal? But for a girl who, you know, hasn't really expressed much about having crushes on anyone, it, it, it was a big deal for him. And, you know, don't dismiss the steps you're taking. I know we're all taking, even the smallest steps. We often say, oh, that's not a big deal or that's not, you know, really a courageous step. But if it's a step for you that that you're moving the needle, it is a courageous step and you need to honor that. Um, and and I, I want to encourage you, you know, to keep taking the step to live life on your own terms. We have InvestorCon coming up May 18th and 19th. I want to say it's not a small step, but it's a step towards being around 500 other women on this path with you. And I uh, just encourage you to, to join us in Scottsdale, beautiful Omni Resort on May 18th and 19th and take that step. Whether you join us on, on the conference, which I would love for that, or you just take that next courageous step in your life today to move the needle on your financial freedom journey. Just really want to encourage that. Don't dismiss it. Every step is a step towards your goals. Don't dismiss the, the steps you take. So, so I got this week. I love it. And I think that, you know, one of the courageous steps that we take, sometimes it's uncomfortable for us, right? And I think is it uh, if we sh- shift the interpretation of how we look at being uncomfortable, it, that means you're in the right place. That means that you're growing. That means that you're moving the needle forward, getting out of your comfort zone. If you're very comfortable around the people that you're with in terms of real estate investing, you know more than them. You're the smartest one. You're the most experienced one in the room. You're in the wrong room. Not saying that you cannot give back. Absolutely, you can. But for your own growth, you got to put yourself in situations where you're like, what the hell they're talking about? <laughs> or, oh gosh, never heard of this. Or tell me more about how were you able to do X, Y, and Z. And, and that takes courage. That takes courage to put yourself there. So I hope to see you in our Yes, yes keep taking those courageous steps. So Julia, thanks so much for being on our show. We, we kick things off with this question. What lesson has taken you the longest to learn in your own life? Well, patience, for sure. <laughs> as a mom, as a mother of six, homeschool mom, I, my husband is Gino Barbaro, who has amazing ideas. And so just the thought of, okay, let me be conscious of what's going on right now around me. What can I handle? And that patience of, I don't know yet. And you're all talking about something so amazing. You're talking about being uncomfortable you're talking about being courageous and, and, and just taking that step. And sometimes we also have to add in that faith. We don't know what lies ahead. And so that, that step we take is unknown and it's scary sometimes. And even for me with children, I had no idea. Looking back, I was terrified to have two kids. You know what I mean? Like that was scary to me. And so having that faith and, and trusting and not knowing and being okay with that. And so it really comes down to patience and being like, I don't know yet, but I will. I, I love that, Julia. And I also think that there is beauty in it, right? Mm-hmm. There's excitement in it. Instead of like, oh, fearful for the new, the faith that I am on the right path, that the right people will be surrounding me, that I, I know, I heard this another day, that I know means new opportunity coming. And I love, I love that because sometimes we, you know, in real estate, the market shifts, the, the house that I was so excited about did, didn't work out or, you know, nightmare tenant or things really, 
you count it, right? And then you come home, your kid is sick. Or <laughs> your schedule yep. that you plan, you had this beautiful week, all time blocked, color coded, right? And then your kid gets sick and then everything go, goes down the drain. So listen, I talk about balance, right? And for many people, that's a trigger word for other. I want to have an unbalanced life, meaning I choose where, where what's going on, and it will be it will not be equal parts as we see it as a balanced life, right? But it's not equal parts for you, right? Building uh, the empire that you and your husband build together, having six kids, homeschooling them. What's your interpretation about balance? I'm actually, sometimes I'm like, oh, no, I get it. I get the balanced word. But sometimes I'm like, there isn't one. Because where I, like, just like you said, the kids are sick sometimes and everything stops. Everything that you're trying to work for completely stops. And you're literally sitting on the couch all day. <laughs> and your, your, your day has changed. Your schedule has changed. But over the years, I've noticed that I'm, you know, as a mom, because we, we have the children, we have to care for the children. So it's different. Our role is so different than our husband's. And over the years, I noticed that there are certain times where I could really be out there and doing a lot of help with my husband, with his companies, with with the business. And there are multiple years where I literally was home because that's where I had to be at the time. My vocation was motherhood and I had to be there with these little children, you know, guiding them in life. And and that's where I was. And a lot of times I would struggle with that because I wanted to do other things. I wanted to have you know, I always wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. That's what I did want from the beginning. But at some points, I was like, is this what I'm, how am I giving back to the world? How am I giving back to society by literally being home, taking care of my kids? But that was a long journey that I had to go through to realize that those kids that we're taking care of are going to be out in the world making a difference. And so our value at home is so much greater than we could ever, ever imagine. Depending on the season I'm in, the time on I'm in, depending on my children's place where they are, whether they're little babies or even, you know, as I have a lot of teenagers, even they need us differently yeah. than maybe they need, needed us years ago. And so it's almost like a daily, okay, where am I today? Who in my life as my, my kids, my husband, where do they need me in a sense? Where am I supposed to be today? Because sometimes I have these great ideas too. Sometimes I give them to my husband. I'm like, shouldn't we do some kind of course, <laughs> you know, and I'll, and I'll put that on him. He's like, I need your help. I said, I can't do it right now, but maybe at some point we can. And so it's almost like a daily thought process in the morning of where am I supposed to be today? Because as a mom, our role is so great. It is so needed, but it is it is all over the place sometimes. And I think that's okay. And a lot of times we try to fight it. But if we just embrace it, I, I think we'll have more peace with it because it's not like I want to do all these things. It's like, where am I supposed to be today? And that's really where I've grown in accepting even like that journey of motherhood, that journey of entrepreneur. Of, of wife, you know, it, it's become beautiful to me and it's not as stressful anymore because I'm not fighting against it. I'm just working with it. Curious. So that, and that's a great perspective. And I find that a lot of the women in our community, and I can speak personally too, mm -hmm. you know, if you're doing one thing, right, you're at your kiddo's practice for something or you're doing something for work, there's this funny guilt that comes into us, or, or I at least, or maybe I just allow it, where you feel you're not weary where you are. Mm -hmm. You think you should be somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's guilt or just like not fe feeling kind of split, right? With our energy, our time. How have you reconciled that? How have you been able to move through that? Because it, it doesn't serve anyone, right? It, and then you mm -hmm. feel bad about whatever, fill in the blank. You know, uh, there's a project that needed to happen. You know, now <laughs> last Friday, I drive my daughter an hour to get a certain medicine that no local pharmacy had, right? And I'm like, they can be doing that hour. Can he write in, you know, how life things that I can, you know, so how do you reconcile that? How do you move through that, you know, in your own, you know, daily life I mean, beyond the, what role do I have? And then how do I actually embrace the role, right? And focus on the role versus feeling pulled and sure where you should be somewhere else. Yeah, no, that's a great question. And a lot of times we do feel pulled because we're not really sure where we want to be. We're not sure if we want to be at that soccer game or at, you know what I mean? So we're feeling guilty. We're, we don't really want to be there, you know, but we feel obligated to be there to please our children. We want to be somewhere else writing. We want to be someone else doing something that actually that we see as valuable. 
And I know that sounds kind of mean on the kids part, but, you know, it's just a reality. And a lot of times we do want to be successful in the business world. And we kind of feel guilty that we don't want to be staying home with our kids and doing, you know, random things with them. And it is a pull constantly. And, and I think that's part of just us as humans is that we, we're never really 100% sure what path we should be on. We're never really sure. There's no manual for our life. You know, our personal life, our family life, our marriage, there's no manual. No one gave us a, here's how you do it. Here's what, what decisions you should make. And so it's all on us. And we're constantly second guessing our decisions. We're constantly saying, I should be here, but I feel like I should be, you know. And, and I think that's just something that we'll always have to go through. I, I think the question is where the guilt is originally coming from is, is a big deal. You know, there are times where I have no desire to be at my daughter's gymnastics meet because there's so many other things that I'm like, I've, I see this every week. Why do I have to be here? And then I remember that the importance of me being there to her is so great and that she'll take that on for her whole entire life that she knows her mom was there she knows that i spent the time and it is a really big stress to literally put away our thinking of i wish i was somewhere else and to be aware and to be present in the moment and it takes so much effort sometimes you know just the whole listening process i i'll tell kid i'll tell parents that listen I'm home with my kids 24 hours a day with them all the time. And there are moments where the kid's like, mom, I just want you to spend some time with me. I'm like, what? <laughs> right. But the point is, I hadn't actually sat down and listened to them once all day. And so we could spend 20 minutes of, I mean, just let them talk, listen to them, ask them questions, have this unbelievable conversation. And at the same time, not be with them the whole day, but they'll feel loved and they'll know their love. So it's it's when we spend time with our kids or when we spend time on, on the business, the effort we're putting in and our thought process and getting to our thought process and saying, what am I thinking and why am I thinking this? It really helps with the why we do what we do or why we think what we do or why we have that guilt, where it comes from. And that's a great question to ask is like, why am I feeling this way? You know, and it's something to talk about with the kids. I have to tell you that I've asked my kids crazy questions in the past few years. I'm like, tell me what you would have liked to see more of me. Mm. And they'll sit, they're like, oh my gosh, mom, I don't know. And they're like, we loved everything. We loved everything you did. I said, because in our heads, we, we're messing up, right? In our heads, we're doing everything wrong. <laughs> and we could, you know, we're like going to be in therapy. What are they, you know, the kids are going to be somewhere. Even my husband, what would you like to see more in our relationship? Like we forget that we can literally ask the other side what they're thinking about because a lot of the guilt or a lot of the thoughts we're having are just ours. And then they're not actually, they're not actually real on either end. And it's something to clarify and by literally asking a question and having conversation. So I was, I was listening to a business strategy podcast and the guy was going to recommend uh, one of the books that he most recommend for CEOs and that has nothing to do with real estate need their business. It's called How to Talk so kids will listen and listen so kids will talk and i was like of course download it immediately and start listening to it and i started applying what you were saying because my kid is is like this right? he's seven and i he comes from school i would like to know what happened in school <laughs> i was like how was school and he gives me this beautiful single word good i was <laughs> like <laughs> like elaborate give me a story give me a conversation something that i can work with right and then i started listening to the 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 this book and how to really because that can be applied with any team member with anybody else right and then at night i just was really mirroring what he was saying and this kid start just spitting out this whole story about all those beautiful things that happened with the series of books and he started really exchanging with me what what was happening and we have those like deeper conversations that from a book it goes to what is life is all about mm. right about worry about what's going to happen and i think that 
You know, he doesn't for he has a good memory because I said to him another day, I should interview on our podcast, buddy. It's like, what do you want to talk about? And I was like, well, let's pretend I am interviewing you now. What would you say to other kids, right? But what I was asking him is like all the problems that we women have, like people that don't have time. How about people that say that they don't have time? What would you say to them? It's like, well, just live the moment. I was like, <laughs> that's <Yeah>. profound. <laughs> yeah, I'm well, here with you. And then we're going to have some time at the park, right? And then we're just going to enjoy the sun. I was like, oh, God, yes. Yes. You know, so I cherish that. And I think as I'm getting older, those moments I'm cherishing more and more. And they're more mindful. Not that they're perfect. They don't have perfect weeks, perfect days. That's not what I'm aiming for. But as you were saying, like the, the investment that we're making into those kids, to the world, it's it's really priceless and we can't even measure that and i'm curious with with you and and your husband you mentioned that you had different seasons right Be depending on the where the kids are in terms of your relationship with your husband and your identity within the company how did you guys transition from the beginning to different paths that you guys had faced did you lose your identity at some point because you chose to be with the kids and how you recover, went back, not recover, but went back. How did you adjust as the time went on as entrepreneur and investor? Yeah, I, you know, it, from the beginning when I had met my husband, he owned the restaurant. He actually bought the restaurant that I worked at. So that's actually how we met. And I loved the whole aspect of the family work together at the restaurant. That to me was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And I didn't even know that I wanted it. I just loved it. There's something about it that I just thought it was so genuine and real. And I loved it. And so over the years, we, as we got married, we had started having children. I would help when I could. And like I told you, there were there were many years where I couldn't do anything. All I could literally do is support him. Now, I didn't do a very good job for a very long time <laughs> because, you know, it was about me and my, I didn't sleep. And, you know, well, can you help me more? And it was... So our relationship really struggled. We had a we had a difficult relationship for many, many, many years. Our communication was horrible. I was always good at listening in a sense or more being aware of him. I was aware of him. I, I always knew he was having a hard time because of his his mannerisms, his facial. He would come home really, really tired, really exhausted, really done with the restaurant. But our communication wasn't there. And that's what I noticed when I look back now. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED lights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Top real estate investors love to talk about how they save so much on taxes. But how are they able to build rental property empires while skirting Uncle Sam? 1031 exchanges. 1031 exchanges allow you to defer capital gains taxes while you sell an investment property, exchanging your old property for a bigger, better one, and avoiding the tax man while you do it. And that's where First American Exchange Company comes in. They're the leaders in 1031 exchanges. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting, First American Exchange can help you with simple rental property exchanges, complex commercial real estate investments, reverse exchanges, and more. Don't let your taxes eat into your profits. Visit First American Exchange Company at firstexchange.com or call them at 800-556-2520. That's firstexchange.com or 800-556-2520. Keep your money in your pocket and propel your portfolio further at firstexchange.com. First American Exchange Company does not provide tax or legal advice. Consult your financial, real estate, tax, or legal advisor about your circumstances. First American Exchange Company. Safe, smart, secure. 
You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. If we worked on that, our marriage would have been unbelievable from the beginning. We'd probably been more successful, let's say, because it, it you know, we were trying to run a company and we try to run a family at home and both both spouses are struggling on their own and not communicating, it's really going to be a difficult job for both of you. You're almost doing double the work, let's say. And so it took for him to go to life coach school, probably, you know, 15 years into our marriage, for him to say, wow, I I don't think we've ever listened before. And he sat me down and listened to me for the first time in all of our marriage. I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's real. I mean, a lot of times we don't even know how to listen. We don't know how to communicate because nobody teaches us. We go to school for everything except for this, right? Or for relationships. And so once that happened, I always felt like I was just the mom. I was a stay-at-home mom. And that was my identity. And like I said earlier, I didn't feel like I was giving any value to anyone because nobody, you know, kids don't say, good job, mom, you're doing a great job. <laughs> you can keep it up. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no paycheck. There's nothing there. And so if we don't know ourselves, if we don't know our own value and our own identity and what we're made for, that's going to be a really lonely life. And it was for me. And it took, like I said, for my husband to go to life coach school, which I thought was the most stupidest thing I've ever heard. Like, what is this life coach? It's like kooky stuff. But I'm like, just go ahead. Just go do it. You know, the, the restaurant will be fine. If you're missing for a couple of weekends, no big deal. But wow, that changed our life. That changed our marriage because it was just the communication part that came along. And once that came, then he had a different view of me. I had a different view of him. And all of a sudden, I I knew my value in a sense of being stay at home, knowing that I could only help at certain times and being okay with that. Because there was a lot of guilt there because he's like, listen, I need your help. I said, I can't, you know, I just had a baby or whatever it is. And I did what I could. And then I resent him. Like, how dare you? That was there. And then so from when he went to life school, school, I saw the impact he had on other people. And then there was this like, well, why are you working on other people and not on us? So then there was that moment of, okay, you're doing all these great things for all these people, all these couples, you're helping all these people, and you're neglecting our family. And so there is another conversation. And so there's just like all these layers of opening up and having conversation and realizing the, the incredible life-changing moments of, we're, we're, a lot of times we're afraid to have conversations, especially with our spouse, because we don't know what will come out of them. It could be really bad or it could be incredible. And so I just always encourage just think about what you want to talk, what's not going right. What do you need to invest in in your marriage, in your relationships that you're not doing? Because that's what we did for way too long in our life, way too long. And it affected his business. It affected our family life. And once we did that, everything changed. All of a sudden, he wanted my help in a different way as far as the business goes. Yes, I was still supporting, but he had respect for what I did at home differently than he did before. And I had a different respect for him at work and the, the struggles he had to try to support. I mean, six kids were eight people. It's a lot. Of, it's a lot of food. Let me tell you, the grocery bills are really high. <laughs> but that is something that I never could understand because I don't live in his shoes. And so we looked at each other's lives differently at that point. And all of a sudden, our roles where we had a different respect for them. And our friendship actually blossomed because we forget that, you know, our spouses, yes, they're there, but our fr- the friendship part, like you were talking about earlier, Liz, about, about your son and, and, and giving that Valentine. And it's the friendship that we have to remember that we should never, ever stop putting that effort in. Because this is like, you know, our spouses are literally our rock. They're our best friends in life. 
we need to remember that, that our marriage is so crucial for being successful in life and all over and in business and family. And we need to work at it. And we forget that sometimes because we're there, there. Our husbands yeah. are there. Take it for, for granted. Yeah. So when you first sat down together, let's, let's break down what you actually did. Because, you know, I think, I don't think anyone would disagree, right? Communication's key for any relationship, let alone your, 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 your spouse, right? And what did you do, you know, in that moment? He comes home, you know, you, you obviously have six kids, you know, you're homeschooling, but there's a lot going on. So it's not, and I know it's like sometimes just having the space to have these conversations is the biggest step, let alone what you're going to actually do in that space, right? In the conversation. But I think for so many couples, right, they just struggle with the space. They struggle with even just carving out the time without needing it, you know, to walk the dog or do whatever you need to do besides the two of you. So, so he comes back and not just the initial conversation, but how have you created that space? Was it just, do you do something on a regular basis? What does that look like? Because it, it has to be on an ongoing basis, I would think, because I know, you know, obviously you can't just, okay, we communicated, we're good, let's check that box. So what did that look like for you specifically? What, you know, was it a tool? Was it a time of day? Was it a time of week? Date night? Just curious to get a sense of what did you start to do and then what did you continue to do yeah. to, to, to really cultivate the communication? Yeah. I, early on, it was when he would come from for the restaurant. Now, the kids were all younger at the time, so they had an official bedtime of nine o'clock. You know, they're all younger. And so when he would come from the restaurant, probably after 10, we would have that quiet moment to talk about things. But when I look back now, I'm like, ah, oh, we missed out on so many opportunities to really dive deep because now the kids, you know, literally we go to sleep before them sometimes. So it's very different. They definitely changed. But what I've noticed, in, and I remember the conversations, I remember when he came home from the restaurant that one time and we literally, he's like, I need to talk to you. And, and, and I think a lot of times we, we, like you said, there are so many other things we could find to do. You know what I mean? We could find a hundred chores to do before we could avoid the conversation that we really are trying to have. And it was the moment where I saw the desperation in his face. He's like, I need to talk to you. And that was when he wanted, he needed to leave the restaurant and asked me to move to Florida with the kids and do real estate. And I just, uh, you know, I could see and, and I could feel his overwhelming need to leave the area. And that was the first time I remember we literally sat down and again, you know, that wasn't that was what, seven years ago. It wasn't that long. We've been married for 25 years. That was our first in-depth conversation, like really life-changing conversation. And it was out of desperation that he had it. So from there, what we do now is very different. We have our morning coffee every morning. We sit and we talk about our day, what it looks like. We have a Sunday, he calls it an L10 meeting of what we have to get done for the week, you know, little things, airplane tickets, um, anything we have on the schedule. Even though we do share a schedule, we do share a calendar. I can see where he is all day, but we still like to talk about it. And then we do have weekly date nights because, again, like we were saying with the friendship, it is so easy to find other things to do. We're always busy. We can always be busy. We always use that word, you know, you mentioned your son with the time. What, would you, what do you tell people with when they don't have time? We always have the time if we want it. We have to want to have a relationship with our spouse. We will have to want to have that conversation because that a lot of times we, we don't do it because we really don't want it. I know that sounds terrible, but the question is, do you want that time with your husband? Do you want that time? Then you'll make it. Put it in the schedule. I mean, you know, if you, if you look at my calendar, I have a meeting on Sunday, every morning coffee, and Friday night we go to dinner. And it has to be on the calendar. Otherwise, the time does go by and you forget. So schedule it. Julia, I think that many couples who, who will work together, building their portfolio, you and your husband build 250 million dollar portfolio and there's a lot of pieces there right i think that those conversations when they are planning to have those conversations and then it becomes like a transactional mm -hmm. date <laughs> basically our two co-workers going over a to-do list of the the business and I don't know if you fell into that trap or not, but if you do, you have like a password or, 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 or something to go back to that relationship and the friendship that you're mentioning about. 
Yeah, that's, that's actually really good. That's a very common question that I do get. We try to keep business during business hours, if that makes sense, because otherwise we get excited about certain things. We, we get excited about the business, we, the, the life coach courses or the, or the books and all that. And so we can literally talk about it all the time. And sometimes the kids will remind us, like, you guys really, do we really have to talk about this during dinner? That type of thing. So we do get called out. But it is an ongoing conversation, an ongoing effort. It's like, okay, let's talk about this tomorrow. Let's talk about this. We look on the calendar. Let's talk about it at 11 o'clock. We're both free. Let's, let's talk about it then. Because it can get business only. It can get, you know, coworkers only. I've talked to a lot of people where it's their marriage becomes now they're, it's just like their work life and that's it. And it just takes an effort and an understanding and an awareness of where you're at at the moment. Maybe you are talking about it too much time. Maybe you can talk about it. Hey, do you think we're talking about this too much? Do you want to just go back to talking about life and what you're feeling and what you're going through? There's a great book called The Six Conversations. And we had her, um, the woman, Heather, on our podcast. And it was really good because I encourage you, just like the book you had mentioned about, about how to talk to your children, because a lot of times we don't even know what to ask each other anymore. We don't even know what to talk about anymore. Because it's like we think that they know us, but they don't know what we're going through. They can't, I always tell women this, your husbands can't read your mind. <laughs> they don't know what you're thinking, I promise you. And so a lot of times we don't tell them, we just assume they should know. And that's a problem in itself. That's a whole co podcast conversation right there, it, is that a lot of things that are eating up at, inside us and we're like, how do you not know that this is bothering me? Because they don't, they cannot read your mind. And so this is an opportunity to say, let's talk about this. This has been really on my mind a lot. So think about during the day what it is you want to talk to your husband about. Because a lot of times we don't. We just wait for the moment and then we can't think of anything. So I just encourage everyone to even to journal. Write things down. What's going well in your marriage? What's not? What's lacking? I'm curious. When was the last time that you guys disagree? Oh, have completely different opinions about it. And how you guys resolve it? Yeah, always. My husband's Italian, so we. I feel like he said something, and I'm the opposite. And I always, <laughs> I always push back. So the kids always think it's funny because it's almost like entertainment. They will literally sit down and watch us argue. I'll be honest; <laughs> it's very funny. I just like to see both sides, and maybe that's the Irish in me that I have to fight for. But we disagree on most things. I'm going to be honest, and I, I, I've learned, and he has learned. Let me hear both. Let me hear the full side. I want to hear why you think that, where it came from, what your solution is, all of that. And that goes back to that conversation where sometimes when the other person doesn't see our side, we just get angry and yell and leave. And that, I mean, I really have to try. I mean, every, every time I'm in an argument or, or disagreement with him, I really, it takes a lot for me to just sit and be patient and actually listen. And that's a big challenge for many of us. But when you do, it's so interesting. Then the arguments or the conversations, it's like, wow, what's going to come out of this? And I almost sometimes think we're going to get closer after this. Isn't that excited? I said it one time. I'm like, isn't it great we're having an argument because we're going to get closer after this? And he's like, why did you have to bring that up? Why do you always have to bring life, life coach stuff up? But yes, we disagree. It's really important to see the other side. Put yourself in his shoes and understand as much as we can, because we can never truly understand the other side, but to see where they're coming from and then make an adult like decision, which, you know what I mean? Because a lot of it is, you know, hurt feelings or emotional. Take the emotion out for a second and see the facts, because the facts usually are pretty clear on what the decision should be. But if we just take the emotion out just for a minute, and, you know, emotions are real and we, we still have them and we still go off them, but don't lead by emotion. I think that's been the most help for us because we're very, both of us are very stubborn and we have our opinions, but in the end, we do come together because we choose to. We choose to listen, we choose to understand, and we choose to be respectful in the sense where we can come to a conclusion and be okay with it. I, I think something that's, I just literally had this conversation with my husband the other day that, and we're writing a book together. So we haven't announced that. We are writing a book on investing with your spouse and working together. So literally, it's like, you know, hot up the press, right? As first and all this, right? The other day, I think setting the intention with your spouse 
like what that person needs in that conversation is really helpful. Because for for him and I, sometimes a disagreement happens because he really just wanted to process something. And I'm like, well, just do this. And he's like, I didn't get a chance to talk about both options. I'm like, I know both options because I'm already involved in the project, right? So I'm, I've already fast forwarded him. And that's like the worst way to communicate to my husband um, is to fast forward him. Like literally, on a, on a, um, it's like a little thing, right? Fast forwarding. <laughs> we have a few minutes, but bus is coming in 10 minutes. You know, and he's like, I, I just really wanted you to hear where I'm at and what I'm struggling with. You know, and I get it, you know, but like, I'm like, oh, okay. I thought you just needed me to help you make a decision. Like, and this is like, <laughs> literally, I've been with him for 20 years, right? Like 20 years later, we're still having this. Oh, if that's what you need to So what I mean by that, and something that we took from that conversation is like, we got to be really mindful of like the intention of the conversation. <laughs> I know that generally about him, but sometimes he doesn't need to process things, probably 90%. So I should just assume that, to be honest. <laughs> but there's moments he doesn't, you know, in yeah. fairness. And I think the intention of what this person needs in the conversation. Sure. Same thing for me, right? I like to process things verbally. Yes. And he goes into solving mode. We both do it actually for each other. And instead of really listening and hearing the person, um, so I think just stating the intention mm -hmm. or, or saying, hey, this is what I really need here helps. And sometimes we don't know what we need, but I think the clearer we are, Andres has been a great teacher for me in mm -hmm. that. It's my other partner that I talked to probably second to, to Matt. And, you know, she's really taught me how important it is to express what you need to people and how important it is. Not just important, but it, it, it really fuels the relationship and the communication, you know? And I, I yeah. it's like, I knew that, but it, you know, she's been a great teacher to me in that. And I, I just brought that, you know, to Matt, like we need to be very clear in our intentions. Mm -hmm. So I you know, can sure I just say one thing is so this is a big deal to me. And I agree with you because a lot of time I'm solution oriented and I'm like, you know, this is what you have to do. And he gets really irritated. And I'm like, didn't he just ask my opinion? Like, didn't you know what I mean? But, and so I just learned this sometime very recently. And it's been a life changer for me. Literally two nights, two mornings ago, he asked me to come. He was talking, 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 and I'm giving him the solution. And I was like, hold on a second. I said, Gino, did you, did you just need me to listen to you or are you looking for a solution? And it was a quick question that he could sit. He's like, I really just need you to listen. And it's not rude. You can say it to anyone. I say it to my brother all the time, say it to my kids all the time now. Do you need me to listen or are you looking for a solution? And then there's that moment where you're giving that person the the, the, I guess the power or, or something where it's like, oh, okay, let me think about that. Hold on a second. Yes, actually, I need your help with the solution. And so it, it changes the conversation all of a sudden. And then the expectation is, is also changed. So it does, it definitely does help. That's been a really, really amazing tool that I've, that I've used lately. I, I think that when the friendship, the love, which builds the foundation, right? It's there. Then when there is a disagreement, you see the other person, but you're all the same boat. But when when the foundation has cracks or you have resentment or stories or unresolved matters, when there is a disagreement, the other person is another another boat. <laughs> right? And then and then becomes this not a roller coaster, but like a tsunami. <laughs> that it, it just piles up and it, it washes everything. And then you dismiss the good. You only see that the other person is not on the same boat and moving to the right path or the path that you both had agreed. For, for both of you, do you negotiate, renegotiate your marriage terms, the roles, or... It is already embedded during during the week. What I'm trying to say is that is there those moments that you come to him and say, "Listen, that agreement that I made it is no longer working for me, and we need to renegotiate the the contract here." Mm. No, I never really looked at my marriage like that. When I when I look at our marriage, even my husband, you know, when we first got married, I had no. Well, maybe I did. It's it's like that that thing where you expect your spouse to make you happy. It's that expectation. And I think a lot of us do fall into that trap where they're going to make me happy. I'm going to live my own life and kind of live parallel. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, over the years, over, we, uh, there's a lot of faith in my life. 
uh, a lot of trust that that I, you know, that's really where I got the strength to get through really difficult times, really difficult moments and years and years of them. And I think out of that, I've realized the importance of marriage and the importance not only in just us, but in the whole family, all the children and all the people that we know and the experience they have through us. And so when I look at it now, I truly, and I know a lot of a lot of people give me a hard time for this, but if you just hear me out for a second, I literally put my husband first. And I know that's a really bold statement, but he's also putting me first, if that makes sense. And the kids see that. And a lot of times I grew up where the kids come first. And I always struggled with that. Oh my God, something not right here. Why are my kids coming first? What am I doing neglecting my husband? And I think that's where a lot of our problems stemmed from. And it was only till not too long ago I discovered this. And I'm like, oh, this makes more sense. And so putting him first means that he's also putting me first. Once we started doing that, our respect for each other and the love and the friendship, I mean, it is unbelievable. I, I don't even know how to describe it. Sometimes I'm like, is this, you know, yes, we still have our disagreements and all that fun stuff. And it's there. And we have no idea what to ha- how to handle certain situations. But I know that there's a trust there. You know, a lot of times we avoid conversation because we don't know the outcome. But when you have a solid marriage, when you have no resentment, you mentioned the word resentment a couple of times, that is such a crack in your foundation of marriage. And I just encourage everyone with resentment to your, to your spouse. Where did that come from? What is it exactly? Because a lot of times it's maybe something that happened years ago and it's just you're just holding on to it and you're not facing it because you're afraid of what might happen. And you're afraid that maybe, I don't know, maybe your spouse will leave. Maybe, you know what I mean? Maybe there'll be an end to it. And so you're avoiding it and you're putting it off. And I think that's where the trust comes. Could you imagine saying anything to your husband that you're feeling or you're going through, knowing that he will still love you? Like, that's a big deal for some people. They don't, they don't say a lot of things because what if? What if they don't love me anymore? What if they know the real me? They might not like what they see. And so over the years, we've gone through really difficult times. But what it has done is giving us this incredible journey of where we came from. Like what we know now is because of our hard times. You know, the hard times are still part of, of the marriage. And that's where, that's where you get your wisdom from. That's where you get your experience from. It's not everything great and everything's supposed to be, you know, portrayed to be perfect. I lived that life for a long time. I lived the everything's fine moment, you know, where, where they, everyone's like, how are you doing with all these kids? I'm like, oh, I'm good. Everything's good. I was dying inside, but I didn't, I didn't know that if I said that, my husband would be like, well, what are we going to do about it? Let's, let's work on this. Because I thought that that's what every husband, you know, I thought that that might be an issue in our marriage. So I didn't want to bring it up. And I, and I find that with a lot of marriages, just basic questions or basic conversations they want they they want to have with their spouse, but they're afraid of what they might think of them. And I promise you, your husband's going to have more compassion for you if you're having a difficult moment. Because com- when we have compassion for the other person, I feel like that resentment slowly goes away. We choose to get rid of that resentment and just find that, like, you know, I for for men. I, so this is easier for men than women. But when my husband does something, or any my son, he's twenty years old. I can see the little boy in him. And so once you see a little boy in someone, when they're having a hard time, when they're having a difficult moment, when they're trying to figure life out and just see the softer side of them, all of a sudden that resentment that you have toward them slowly goes away. And you see this person that is struggling just like you, that is having issues just like you. And you want to reach out your hand and help them because that's what we're here for. But a lot of times we hold back because we don't we don't know what the outcome will be. We're afraid of it. And you mentioned earlier in this podcast about taking a step, being uncomfortable. You don't know what's out there. Open up a little bit to your spouse, just a little bit every day and see what happens. Because that's where I found that our marriage has, is, has taken off because we trust each other. It's a different trust. It's more with emotions. And so, you know, the handbook of marriage is not in our house because we're making it as we go. Yeah. Gets me thinking too about uh, Stephen Covey's emotional bank account, right? So, you know, he coined a term many years ago just about you making deposits and withdrawals. Mm-hmm. And so not only, I, I love what you just said, but like, what, could, what deposit can I make today? You know, what, and then we're going to make withdrawals. You know, something's mm-hmm. not going to go right. But 
You can't keep making withdrawals in a bank account that doesn't have any money. There has to be deposits. That's how, you know, it works. Just that's how, you know, bank accounts work. That's how emotional bank accounts work. So I always love that way of looking at it. What deposit can I make? And then what deposit can they make? What deposit would work? You know, basis my love language or what have you, right? Then you can go down that path. But love what you're saying, um, Julia. It's work to be done. And that's where the work is in order to have a thriving business, have a thriving family. So where can the ladies listening learn more about you and follow you along your journey? You can visit juliaandgino.com. You can check out our kids' books. Uh, you can also go on Gino, uh, jakeandgino.com. You can check out our podcast, The Julia and Gino Show. You can always email me, juliabarbaro at gmail.com. I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Awesome. Now we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions. And the first one, Julia, is what's the most transformational book you ever read? Transformational. Oof. That's a hard one. I mean, Parenting with Grace was was my early on one and mindset. But my newer one, and I know it's a religious one, but it is life shattering, life changing, Into Your Hands by Wilford. Awesome. Second question is, What's the most powerful routine that you do to create a financially free and balanced life, whatever balance leaves you? I think the morning coffee routine with my husband, because it sets us on where we are at the moment, what we are striving for, and it gives us clarity on what our goals are. Last question, which women, famous or not, has inspired you the most? So in 97, I had the honor of meeting Mother Teresa before she died. And there was something about her that I loved. And what it is, is she always spoke the truth, but she always lived it. And she wasn't afraid to stand up for what was right. So definitely her. Yeah, that's amazing. Julia, thank you so much for being on our show, sharing your wisdom with our community and appreciate your time so much. Ladies, I appreciate it. Super fun. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.